I talk about the benefits of selling a product to a live audience at a home show all the time. You can fine tune your messaging in hours rather than weeks or months and at a fraction of the cost. Today's guest has used home shows to turn around his business and he shares advice for anyone looking to take advantage of these shows. Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast, focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs harvest the growth potential of their product businesses. Today, I'm really excited to speak with Duncan Burns. He's the founder and creator of the Veggie Dome, a really cool product. He'll show for those of you watching videos and describe for those that are listening this product in a little bit more detail. It's, again, a really cool product. But he's got a great story behind it as well and how he's been able to really turn this business into a success. So I'm excited for this interview. Duncan, welcome to the show. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Great. Absolutely. So tell us in our audience a little bit more about the Veggie Dome. What is it? What does it do? Good. Now, the Veggie Dome is an invention that I made to have my kids come home from school and they could have fresh vegetables and fruit out on the table. Because, you know, when you come into the kitchen, kids especially, anything on the counter, anything on the table is going to be eaten up. Well, if it's fresh vegetables, that's kind of good for them. And, um, you know, when kids do start eating vegetables, they actually start to like them. They figure, you know, it actually, you know, feeds their hunger a little bit more than some of the crackers they eat. And then two minutes later, they're still hungry. Um, So I developed that and I thought back on my background, my childhood, I actually built a greenhouse with my brother when we were in our teens, and he was the older one. So when I asked him, you know, we're growing these tropical plants, and they're clinging onto bark with their roots. Um, How are they drinking water? The roots are busy holding onto the tree. And he turned to me and said, they drink water through their leaves from the air. So flash forward 30 years later, when I've got kids and I've got to try to figure out how to do this thing with vegetables on the table, I realized that if I could just make it into some sort of way in which it was a dome or some sort of container that keeps the moisture in, that they will actually generate the moisture themselves and they live off of that. Um, and, and so that worked well. But John, the cool thing was, as I was continuing to make, mess around in the kitchen, dad putting pots and pans and glass and stuff together, I actually went to a scientific um, glass store and the coolest bench to sit on when I was waiting in the waiting room because there was all these tubes and stuff like Frankenstein's lab, right? So I'm, here I am holding some salad bowls that I want them to cut a hole in the top or the bottom of it so that I can have it so my kids can reach in and the, the bottom or the flipped over bowl on the, on the bottom is open so that the vegetables aren't sitting in water. So you want to be able to have two openings. So Glassmakers don't like making that, by the way. They like making one round thing, right? So I had this cut in there and it really, um, it helped my kids reach in. I put it like a plate on top and they were able to, to use it. But the cool thing, John, is that it made it last longer through the week. So I thought I was making something that I was gonna have to fill up every day, maybe every other day. It lasted five, six, seven days. And so I asked um, a professor in at UCLA, we live nearby there, you know, what, uh, what, why did it make it so that it lasts longer now? And they said, well, 
it's allowing the ethylene gas to escape that the plants make that make it's like a growth hormone that actually makes them spoil when they're in the plastic bags in the refrigerator it still bugs them because they are uh, affected by this ethylene gas and they spoil so the the interesting thing was I, at least i was able to notice the difference and i was aware of it so that i made it um, into then an invention that I patented because I had this proprietary shape that I had cut this glass and made it into almost like if you can imagine it, like a donut or a wheel made of glass so that there's a, a, a empty part in the middle and an empty part in the bottom um, out of glass. And so really that device, it became the engine or the real core part of the veggie dome, which my kids used and I've been using for now uh, 15 years. Oh, fantastic. I, I love that story. And I was <laughs> taking some notes on here that I think are really interesting or you know, something from your stories that you started with one purpose and ended up with a second purpose. It doesn't get rid of the, the first benefit you're looking for of keeping veg- veggies on the counter. Your kids see it. They're more top of mind, et cetera. That's awesome. But I love that when you discovered this secondary benefit, it became a really an important part of your marketing, right? So it's watch for these things as we learn with our own products. That's really um, observant of you to say that because what happened was I was just trying to make it so that the kids would have snacks when they came home from school. And actually, I solved some greater problems than that. And it is part of the branding and it is part of the movement of my product coming out there is that it actually can cut some of the food waste that's going on. And we're throwing over $100 a month in American families of just produce that we buy from the store. It's perfect. And then we throw it away a couple, four or five days later. And this one of the reasons is, yes, it's in a plastic bag in the dark so that the ethylene gas is possibly affecting it. But the main thing is it's out of sight. It's out of mind. And so what happens with the veggie dome is that you wash the vegetables, you put them in this dome that you're going to be eating over the next couple of days. You can still be using the refrigerator. And when you buy most of the vegetables, it still maybe goes in there. But you you make a salad or something, instead of washing two carrots, just wash the whole bag, all nine or 10 of them, trim them, put them in the veggie dome and grab the two that you were going to make the salad with. And you've got seven carrots in the, on the table for the next two or three days that you can just grab and the kids can eat or you can make another salad. So it makes it visible. It makes it easier to see and eat. And we've got a real, I'm looking back now, I'm feeling like, wow, you know, as um, humans can always choose what they eat. But you know what? We generally choose it to eat what we see on the table. <laughs> and so you get those vegetables out there, you're not throwing them away and you're not discovering them a week later in the back of the fridge or in the vegetable drawer. Okay. Fantastic. So, Love it. Yeah. So I, I know part of your story that really helped this brand or this product to take off was how you sell at home shows. And I want to dive into that conversation a little bit, but first I'd love to, to hear you. So our audience has now heard how this story began, how you came up with the idea And we don't need to do a long pitch here, but I do know one great thing about home shows is there's no better area or place to fine tune your sales pitch, right? To really fine tune the message because you're hearing that immediate feedback. I love home shows for that reason. So I'd love to hear what's a summary of the pitch that you share to consumers when they come to your booth at at a home show? 
it's really uh, interesting that you bring that up, John, because when I would when we went to I don't know, probably 40, 50 shows, veg fests, home and garden shows, uh, expos um, in Arizona and California and and, uh, even New York State, that I was with an experienced, uh, I have an experienced uh, gentleman on staff. He's my CFO, Philip Nardell. And he taught me that in these shows, you really have to hone it down to one story that you get. And if you can make them laugh during part of it, or at least the first part, they'll be much more interested in hearing what your story is. So it's lighthearted and it's in, it's it's a decent pitch. Now, I must admit, it's rusty because during COVID times, literally up until February of 2020, we were doing shows. Boom. The next week, sure. all the shows were canceled for a year. But the idea is that you tell them what it is, but you also want to have it funny. So... Here's the pitch. Now, Veggie Dome keeps vegetables fresh out on the table all week, and you you can see food and you can eat it. Really, if you think about it this way, you get candy for Halloween, okay? And you can put it in a bag. uh, It's like pounds, four, three or four pounds of candy, and you put it in the closet. Okay, in about two weeks, I'm going to be, you know, handing this out to the kids and stuff. And then that morning of the Halloween, you get a bowl out near the entry area, and you pour the candy in there. And guess what? Throughout the whole day, before the kids start coming, guess who's eating up all that candy? You are. Why? Because it's there. Again, you see food and you eat it. And you hadn't touched it before because it was out of sight. So think about doing that with vegetables. Now, I add on, that's Phil's story. It's funny. He's actually, you know, it comes from the truth. He actually did eat up a lot of (laughs) Halloween candy. But think about this. We do want to think about our health. And it is actually good to eat vegetables. And I know that one thing that happens with with people, and it's something that I'm actually finding out more and more about. We've got a biome in our stomach. Biome, what's that? Hmm. Let's just think about this. We've got potentially hundreds of billions of bacteria in our stomach. That's on a good day. Okay, and we kind of mess them up with eating things that might not be good for you or whatever. But what happens is that biome is actually connected to your brain. The bacteria is kind of communicating to your stomach. Hey, I want to have this. So you're thinking I'm really hungry. If you eat a couple of carrots in the afternoon at three o'clock on one day, the next day, that next afternoon, you actually might start craving carrots. Why? Again, it's your biome asking for it. So if you, if you have good stuff around and you eat good stuff, guess what you crave? Stuff that's good for your body. And we have an advisor on board, John Sally. He's a four-time NBA champion. He played with the, Michael Jordan. He played with Colby on the championship teams that they were on. Um, and he says to me, um, he is, he is a vegan, by the way. He's really into to vegetables and stuff. He says, you know what I put in my body? What do you put in your Maserati? What do you put in your Ferrari? Are you going to put sand and junk in the engine? No, you're going to treat it well. So treat your body, treat yourself well. So anyway, that's I've kind of diversed from the actual pitch that happens in the markets. But generally, the thing is, with the veggie dome, you, it's simple. You clean the vegetable, you trim it, you put it in, and you eat it. And yep. that part, 
and then repeat, you know? <laughs> Super simple. Love it. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, obviously helping out people all, all over the world. We all need to or want to eat more veggies, but you forget right. about them. It's easy to grab the bag of chips. Let's make it easy to grab vegetables instead. Love it. So as I kind of alluded to, so we, I've worked in home shows for years as well. Uh, probably not as many as you, but uh, what I have found back, even since my days with OxyClean. And in fact, you know, I think of my audience, a lot of them have listened to my story where I shared, you know, a 45 minute story about how OxyClean all got, uh, got started from scratch, how they met Billy Mays back in the day, et cetera. Much of that happened at home shows. Now, home shows really introduced the brand to Billy Mays, which was one blessing. But after that happened, it was a constant source of learning for them. And we've used it since at Harvest Growth with many of our clients as well to really, again, touch Get get in touch with your consumers, right? To talk to them face to face. Your pitch changes so quickly. You know, for the audience, you know that heard this pitch uh, from Duncan. It's you know he's used it many times, but I'm sure it was different on day one, right? You learn it, but you learn it pretty quickly because you know what works. You see what resonates. You see what gets them excited much more quickly in a in a different way than putting in copy on a Facebook ad, for example, which is also good. But this is a different environment, a great way to test it. So I'd love to chat. Let's chat a little bit further. So how do you recommend, you know, your shows might be different than another uh, creator or founder's show as a product marketer show based on the product, right? But how do you go about determining what's going to be a good show specifically for your product or your brand? You know, that's difficult to predict because uh, we think we're going, we're going to, let's say, a vegan show in Hollywood. And we think, oh, great. It's going to be, you know, they're all pumped up about it. And, and, you know, everybody came there for a different purpose. They all had the, their money in their hand to buy a, an expensive $20 plate of lunch, but not necessarily a kitchen uh, device. And the flip side was here we were in Phoenix, Arizona, which is not necessarily vegan town, but also it was at a home and garden show, much more conservative uh, folks. We had the best weekend ever. And why? Because they're going there to look at how they can improve their kitchen. They're looking at potentially not spending or spending $2,500 on a grill or something like that. And here they are buying a $50, $60 veggie dome, and it actually helps their kitchen, upgrades their kitchen right there. So they were happy to buy it, and we, we sold many of them. So really, you have to just go there with your best foot forward and you go with your best attitude and, and whatever people end up doing, you know, as a crowd uh, is, is going to hit the sales. Love it. And it's often, it is a surprise. I will say home and garden shows tend to be very good for almost any product category. If it's a home related product or a personal product, I mean, even fitness, things that don't seem like a natural fit. Those are audiences that are looking for new things and generally higher income as well. So we see great success at that type of show. But as you said, you got to go to a couple. Don't give up after the first one if it doesn't work. It doesn't mean your product's right. a failure. It doesn't mean the show is terrible. Sometimes it takes some trial and error. That's good advice. So let's talk about the setup process a little bit. So once you get to a show, a lot of people in this audience, okay, sounds great. We would love to do it. I don't even know where to get started. So what do you do in terms of booth setup and de deciding what to put behind you? Do you need to spend big dollars in your opinion, Duncan, or right. can it be something simple? What do, what's your recommendation? Well, you know, you want to look flashy and have color um, around. We actually stacked a lot of our boxes up because we have these orange carriers. So having a bag or a specially made 
container so that when people buy things from your um, your booth, then they've got something they can put it in. I don't know how physical everybody else's product is, but ours is kind of heavy and kind of big. But what we gave them was this beautiful orange bag, has our logo on it. But guess what? They walk into the crowd. They're holding these orange bags. So when people come to our booth, they see the orange bags. They've already been prepped to see, oh, this is something that I could buy or other people are buying. Maybe I should too. So bringing, having that, I think, is as, as important. And having the table not real busy, but literally have your, your product potentially there in two or three different ways so that people can see how it would be used in their, in their situation. But again, not too complicated. I, I think it's really good just to have a table there with a nice cloth, Boom, your product is on top of it. But then again, uh, go ahead and order a bag or, or some sort of way in which people can carry your product. It advertises you as they walk out with their bag. That's great advice. And those there's lots of websites out there where you can get those pretty inexpensively custom designed. Yeah. Even if you're not a graphics expert yourself, most people can upload that. If you can do a Word document or a PowerPoint really simply, you could you could upload one of those. So I do encourage, that's a great, great advice for sure. Great. So what, what advice do you have for other product creators out there that are looking to get their product off the ground and, and grow right. their business and become successful? Um, I, I've got two really important things. One is people are sometimes frightened to show it and people are just going to steal your idea. And um, yes, I totally understand you should patent your idea if you can. It's really easy. The first patent that you put in is a, uh, forgotten what's called a proprietary patent or some sort of uh, per, uh, temporary provisional. The provisional patent is almost free. I mean, it's like, I don't know, 15 bucks. And it lasts for the entire year as a certain marker that you've got an idea that you're first on base. So get a, a provisional patent done, but don't be frightened either. Because here I was with this idea. Personally, this is an idea that can go into every kitchen across the world. Okay, And, yet, and so I'm thinking, oh, it's so simple. People can copy it. I did an Indiegogo uh, campaign and it was successful. And we were able to raise money for the first uh, 2,000 units. But guess what? It was also a really great way to establish our social media because you're campaigning for the Indiegogo for the crowdfund, but you're also generating messages to send out. Very difficult work and everything. But the main story is don't be frightened because even after I had a huge Indiegogo and all this, then sold it to almost a thousand people, I could have just wrapped up and nobody would have ever thought of it ever again. It really, you think that people can look over your shoulder, people, it's better to get out there and reach out and talk to people and talk about your idea, okay? And people are very frightened of being uh, things being stolen. And I really, it, it's, it's not going to happen unless you start selling 100,000 units. Yeah. That's when the people start noticing and maybe trying to copy it. True. So and, and no matter what you do, that yeah. they end up copying in some way or another once you grow anyway. So it's about, my right. opinion, build, build your brand well, build a quality yeah. product that will protect you. And don't be so frightened, but go for the IP. And obviously, yeah. if you're looking for investors, they're going to want to have uh, protection in place. 
Uh, so Agreed. don't be, but also don't be frightened to yell it from the mountaintops is what I'm saying. Okay. Agreed. And well said. Last year, after four years, we were actually able to get the utility patent for the Veggie Dome. Oh, and fantastic. That's a stronger. That's Congratulations. A stronger yeah. Um, but the other thing I was saying in developing, it's really good to talk to people. There's a lot of resources out there in terms of how you're going to develop your idea, how you can even package it and things like that. And I've got a quick story about my packaging, which it, it you really do need to listen to people when they talk to you and they're experienced. But on the flip side, you got to also talk to your customers and think about your customer base and that you're you've got a new invention or you've got a new device, you're going to be cutting your own path. You can't just go by somebody else's old weathered path, even if they're experienced. I talked to somebody about packaging for glass. I've never shipped glass before. I was going to ship 2,000 glasses, uh, uh, bowls across the United States. Of course, it was a problem that I'd never dealt with. This person who had been packaging and exporting, uh, importing stuff from China, for 20 years, told me, oh, with glass, you're going to have to count on a 3% breakage rate. That's just going to happen. And you should fill it up with styrofoam. And like, you know, when you get a television or something, it's all just completely styrofoam. And I thought, you know what? My customers are more natural or more healthy. They're not going to want all this styrofoam in their house when they open it up. And I talked to my supplier and I said, can we do something that is not filling up with styrofoam? And they said, yes, we can fold pieces of cardboard and cut it in shapes so that when you put it in there, it's stacked and the cardboard that's folded holds it in place in the box. It's turned out cheaper, it turned out to have 0.01% breakage rate. Wow. I mean, it was way off the chart. I mean, we never, listen, we never had to worry about breaking. It shipped it all over the United States. So I'm saying is listen to the experienced people, but develop your own path and listen to your consumers. They're going to, you know, understand, don't treat them yeah. just like anybody other corporation would do. So isn't that an interesting story? Yeah, very Save creative. Money. And I think it's a good way to think about it. Like your creativity doesn't end when you come up with a great idea, a great product. It's about, you've got a lot of steps beyond that. It might be figuring out a unique way to do packaging or getting attention in a crowd with bright orange bags, et cetera, but keep that creativity going. Think of the marketing, the packaging and other elements of the business as well. There's so much more to do beyond just the development of the product. Presentation. That's your user yep. experience. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, Duncan, do you have any resources that you would recommend, books, podcasts, or conventions, things that have been helpful to you in your business? Um, well, I'm really in the midst of doing a, a, a capital raise right now. It's a seed round uh, capital raise. So I'm really focused on that. And I would, there are ways in which you can get um, systems where you're interfacing with LinkedIn. If you want to talk to people professionally, I, I, I really do think that being able to um, do a search on LinkedIn and then start finding people that are experts in what you do. And, and there's a lot of different ways in which people are, are affiliated with your idea. Like let's say the Veggie Dome, it's about vegetables, it's about health. Oh, I can talk to nutritionists who are doc or doctors and people like that through LinkedIn. 
one person, can I recommend one person that I've dealt with who's just been amazing, like literally took my company up to another level and just through him, his processes, Izzy Lozada, L-O-Z-A-D-A, Izzy Lozada and his crew made it so much easier for me to understand the processes of, of doing my fundraising. And again, we have a whole, it's like an automated process that we um, search LinkedIn for people that were, would be literally interested in my product. And guess what? They see me on LinkedIn. They see the product. So already people who are not even interested in that product are not going to be bugging me. I'm going to be focused. And then I use a system where I'm um, in touch with them. There's an automated system of getting, it's like, oh, I haven't, you know, it's been a week or two. I haven't heard from this guy. I'm going to get back in touch with them. I'm sure there's a lot of those systems out there. But make it so that you're not spinning your wheels so much just to make contacts and just to reach out to people. Because then you can relax when you're talking to a guy like John. You know, all the other knickknack stuff is being taken care of a little bit. So you can focus on being present. You have to be real and have integrity and, 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 and know what's going on in front of you. That's good advice. And it can be done whether you're raising funds and finding people on LinkedIn or using marketing automation tools right. on your YouTube or Facebook campaign. But look for these tools that can help you that's not everything manual. There's, it can remove so much time, effort, and issues from your shoulders. Problems, really, it can be removed. And you can be much more successful and have more free time, which I know every every product marketer is, is looking for that for sure. Well, Duncan, I really appreciate the, the time you've been able to spend on this interview. Thank you so much. Uh, this great is great job. advice you've been able to share. I love hearing the story and I know our audience will as well. And we'll say for the listeners, please go to veggiedome.com to learn more. And that's V-E-G-G-I-D-O-M-E. So there's no E from veggie in the middle there. Veggiedome.com. Yeah, the e escaped. That was the ethylene gas that got out. <laughs> Good way to remember that. No, no E on that. And John, I really appreciate what you're doing with Harvest Growth. I think it's a, it's really appreciated. And I think it's something that's growing and, and you're, you've really fixed on something that's important. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love what I do. I can't complain. Every day is a lot of fun. I will say you've been kind enough for our audience to give a discount code. So if you go to the website and use the code VEG, as in veggie, VEG15, you get $15, not 15%, $15, which is fantastic off of your purchase. So that's a great value. Go check it out. If nothing else, go check out the product, even if it's not the right fit for you, but see the work that Duncan has put into this and, and uh, celebrate it really and learn from it. Yeah, I would say also- I do want, I do want people ahead. to be healthier. So go ahead. And if, if anything is, I just want people to eat, go ahead, eat more vegetables, guys. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And for our audience, be sure to check out harvestgrowthpodcast.com to see other episodes we've recorded. And if you like this episode, you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review at iTunes or Google Play. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Duncan. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.